This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. I dream of a time when women rest in each other's presence without judgment, comparison, competition, or fear. When we are known and celebrated, when we lay down our shields of protection from the battle, but also from each other, when we can lament without shame and laugh without guilt, when we are one storyline, fierce and lovely women of God. Join me as I talk with fierce and lovely women from around the world. wise, authentic, down-to-earth, Tracy Johnson and Nicole Nordeman. Tracy Johnson is the founder and editor-in-chief of Red Tent Living, an online magazine dedicated to reframing the feminine story. And that's how Tracy and I first started getting to know one another. We talked in episode two, which some of you might remember. It remains one of the most downloaded episodes of the entire Fierce and Lovely podcast. So feel free to go back and catch our conversation there. But Tracy is a friend, and she's a mom. She is a counselor, and she is now leading the Restoration Counseling Center, Austin, Texas office as our outpost chief. And so my husband and I get to work with her even more intimately, which we love. Well, Nicole Nordeman has also been joining us in a lot of different Red Tent Living events and spaces, and so she too is becoming a friend. Many of you will recognize her name and her music. Uh, She is best known for her beautiful songs. She is a singer, songwriter. She is an author and a mom. I remember Nicole's uh, music from early days of parenting. I recall walking around our neighborhood waiting for my son's birth and listening to her songs that just felt so personal and written directly for me. Her most recent album is Every Mile Mattered, and she has been joining Jen Hatmaker on the Moxie Matters tour. Before that, she was a part of the Belong tour, which was kind of an extension of Women of Faith. Her book, Slow Down, Embracing the Everyday Moments of Motherhood, is gorgeous. And Nicole and Tracy and I talk about, first of all, how, how does Nicole go from a stage the size of Belong Tour to a stage the size of a Red Tent Living Brave On Conference? And what does she find in those spaces? And the three of us talk about what it's like to be a mother today to daughters and how we mother them well in the ordinary. And as expected, this conversation uh, went on, and so I'm dividing it in half. So make sure you check in next week for uh, part two of my conversation with Nicole and Tracy. Nicole and Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. It's good to be here. Tracy, you are back. You were on episode two. So welcome back. Um, Nicole, I'm glad to have you join us, and I'm really looking forward to to just diving in. Um, wanted to start with our connection, like how the three of us even know each other, and talk a little bit about Red Tent Living and Brave On. Tracy, you and I in episode two talked about the origin of of Brave On and receiving Nicole's 
uh, CD <laughs> uh, of Brave and, and that whole thing, which was fun. So there's a little bit of history there. But let's just chat a bit about Red Tent Living and, and just our involvement in that space. Tracy, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so for your listeners that don't know what Red Tent Living is, uh, we are an online magazine for women. We run posts four to five times a week, and um, we're just hoping to provide a place that's an opportunity for women to reframe, discuss, and share what femininity is for them, what it looks like. So we find a lot of our ladies bringing stories from their lives, and it has grown into a community of women that spans the globe. We're in like 167 countries at this point, maybe 170. And we have a regular readership and it's just become a really lovely online presence where our women are so kind and generous in both the stories that they share, but, but really in how they interact with one another Beth is one of our regular contributors. We've got, I think, about 12 regular contributors right now. And then we take guest submissions also. So that's just, that's a tiny snippet about what Red Tent Living is. No, that's great. And Brave On Conference was kind of birthed out of Red Tent Living, a, an effort to gather in real life, um, in person, all of these women. And Nicole, why don't you jump in with your entry into that and how that came about for you. Absolutely. Um, my introduction to um, Red Tent Living and Brave On Conference and everything under that umbrella really just began um, with meeting Tracy. We met um, several years ago and she invited me to, to be a part and to perform. And it was very clear, um, really almost from the start that this was something different and this was something special. I certainly have uh, been a part of and have loved being a part of many different organizations and women's ministries and conferences of all shapes and sizes. But I knew right away, just first in finding such a kindred um, spirit in Tracy. And as our friendship grew, I really began to, to love and catch uh, a really clear vision of what she is doing and what this team of women are doing. And um, it was an easy yes to want to be a part of how that's growing and what we're doing Mm. next. Mm. Well, we've loved having you with us on those, on those days. And I know that there's more to come. Um, Tell us just briefly about the summer the summer plans, the writing confessional and the brave day in October, how, how you'll be involved in that, what that's going to look like. Um, well, Tracy can probably speak more just in terms of describing those events, but, uh, that's all really taking shape. We're just starting now to sort of carve out, um, what my involvement will look like. Obviously music is a part of that, but I'm really looking forward to, especially at the writing, um, conference, looking forward to sharing a bit of my process, what it, means to be a songwriter, what it means to create um, healthy creative space, um, what's worked for me, what hasn't worked for me. So going really broad and going really specific, I'm just looking forward to having kind of a unique space to share that in. So the um, we're excited 
of course, to have Nicole with us for both of those things. The writing conference, we're calling the Red Tent Writing Confessional, and it's um, in part being formed by, informed by um, the confessional poets. And I love our um, sort of tag phrase for the for the weekend is to put your ear down to your soul and listen hard. And um, that's a quote from Anne Sexton. And I just love the image that that even creates, the idea of putting my ear down to my soul and listening hard. So it's a small setting. We've got space for about 20 women and those spaces are filling, but we do still have some left. It will include pre-work to come to the conference. And then we have um, counselors that have been trained through Dan Allender. We've got um, published writers and writing instructors in Libby Kurtz and um, Katie Johnson. And then Rachel Blackston is our count, one of our other counselors that's coming. So the ladies coming will be getting writing instruction from all of us and from Nicole. They will also get the opportunity to spend time in a small group. And we've got two different ways that women can join us. You can come to the writing confessional and choose to be in a track that we are calling writing to heal. And that puts you in a small group that is, will be run by counselors and really is a place to take your writing and, um, get some more care for your soul around a particular story that you're choosing to bring. And the other ladies in your group will be doing that same sort of work. And then the other small group experience is writing as craft. And that'll be led by Libby um, or by Katie. And those small groups will be more of a place where you'll be getting some um, more critical feedback about your writing um, inviting you to work and rework what you're bringing to bring it to a place where it's really saying what you want it to say and be prepared to put it out into the world. So we will all be together for the teaching sessions and then those tracks, you'll feel the separation when we go into the small groups. And it's like, I think we've got four small group times and four or five teaching times that are planned throughout the weekend, plus um, a concert and dinner with Nicole, and then Nicole's teaching, and she'll um, jump into a couple of those small groups probably too. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited about, about this. It's a new offering for us, so we're hopeful for what it can provide. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Brave Day is in the same vein as Brave On, it's a little bit smaller and it has a focus of really looking at stories from women in the Bible. So where the brave day is a two day event, it has a little broader scope and it's still about story because everything that we do is rooted in women telling their stories. But the brave day is a one day event and it will have um, the women coming, including Nicole, will be will be sharing a story that comes from a woman in scripture and then talking about how we find those themes or things about that woman's life woven into the theme of our own life, our own story as well. Nicole, I, I'm, I'm curious, just given 
the stages that you have found yourself on. You, you alluded to this, that you enjoy being in a variety of different spaces, but what, what draws you to the small and the intimate? Um, what do you, what have you found that you've connected to in these spaces? Can, would you mind just elaborating on that a bit? Happy to. Um, I feel like, first of all, just on, from a personal place, um, it just resonates with me more as, as a human, just because I'm an introvert. I like, I like small spaces. Um, I like one-on-one, um, the shiny, uh, high energy arena full of women having a blast. And, you know, that there is such a place for that kind of a conference because it meets a certain need. It's a great girl, girlfriend getaway. It's a fun weekend. Um, and there's a lot of those to attend, but I, I do find it rare, um, to discover something that is small and so authentic. Um, and that really is, I mean, this is just shameless plug, but it really is what I have found at Red Tent Living. It is very much a room full of women who sort of check, um, check ego and check uh, for their false self at the door when they walk in because they've been given permission to and a safe space to do that. And that is true of every person who stands on stage and speaks. That is true of the music. That is true of the creators of the content. Like everyone is just really, really committed to authenticity. And so it's just an easy thing to get behind and to get involved in because at this stage in my life, it's what I'm actively seeking out for myself. I resonate with that. So I'm curious now, as we are all mothers of girls and pursuing authenticity in our own lives, let's talk a little bit about what that looks like to mother daughters Mm -hmm. and do so in an authentic way and raise them to be authentic themselves. Just some of the, yeah, just the space that we find ourselves in. So let's, maybe let's start and just share age of our daughter, kind of what's on our plate right now as we are raising them kind of in the minutia of the day-to-day, what you feel like you're facing with your daughter and the age that she's at. Tracy, you want to go first? (laughs) There's so many daughters. So I am mothering a wide range of daughters right now. My oldest daughter will be 30 in just a couple of weeks. And my next daughter is 27. And then I've got two younger girls that are 14 and 12, like quickly on the way to 15 and 13. So I am about to leave uh, middle school, um, adolescence for my last teen. (laughs) And, um, I'm, I'm ready. (laughs) I I think there should be a party for that. I think there should be a party also, but, um, yeah, suffice it to say, I, I have a lot of things that I could say about mothering daughters. Okay. So let's focus for, for the, our time here on your youngest two mm-hmm. and anything you feel like you could share about kind of what, what you face today. Mm-hmm. 
So my youngest two, the, the first things that popped to my mind is that my 14-year-old is a freshman in high school. She is a creative. She's an artist in more than one way. So she draws, she paints, she sings. She is a truly sensitive soul. And um, so with with Libby, I feel like what I face is this um, girl who is feeling everything and taking everything in as she walks through her days, but like as she walks through the hallway at school. And so the conversations I'm having with her have a different tenor than any of the conversations I've had with my other girls. So it's an interesting time for me to be mothering such a sensitive soul in a time when it feels to me more than ever before she's um, inundated with so much exposure, which for her as this sensitive sort of introverted girl is just, it's just very interesting um, and beautiful because there are some beautiful things that are happening for her also. My 12-year-old is sort of the other end of the spectrum. Ellie is um, incredibly extroverted, confident. She's, um, she's, yeah, she's just a very different energy. And, um, and most recently with her, she's um, all about the dance and drill team at school, which here in Texas is a big thing, <laughs> like everything else that's a big thing. Um, but, and I can share more about that as we go, but, but she's been very much like working on her officer. Um, uh, she's applying or trying out to be an officer for next year. So she's been compiling this massive notebook that's included all these essays about leadership and how she sees things and how she thinks she can contribute along with ordering sparkly dance outfits for her, um, <laughs> try out. And this is like, she's the only one of my girls to do this. So I'm finishing with a bang. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, how old is your daughter? Pepper is 10 years old, um, going on 20. And I was, I was just smiling, Tracy, listening to you describe Libby and Ellie, because um, she is such a combination of both of those kind of extremes mm. she is pepper is so tender like she's mm-hmm. so compassionate and empathetic and has such a soft 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 heart and because of that feels things really deeply hurts really easily um, mm-hmm. for herself and for others and I think some of what we're walking through right now and probably she will be walking through for her whole life um, is finding that balance between protecting that softness, that God-given soft heart, but also somehow preparing her for a world that isn't soft. Oh, and it's coming. Yeah, it's already here in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a mom, I am um, I'm trying to find that balance of giving her tools and equipping her to not be um, so affected by every darting arrow. The name of your podcast, Beth, is perfect. And to be fierce and lovely, like to be Mm -hmm. um, 
I want her to be strong. I want her to show up for herself. I want her to know who she is. Um, I want her to walk in a room and, and feel confident. And, um, and I also just don't want her to lose an ounce of that tenderness. So mm-hmm. it's just, I think, a lifelong uh, exploration of how do we, how do we do that as as women? Well, my girls are almost sixteen and thirteen, and Ella is a sixteen year old. She is incredibly external. It's easy to read her. It mm-hmm. always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives a, a life out loud in a big one, um, which is beautiful and has been somewhat easy for me as a mom mm. <laughs> to, to track with her and to, to know exactly when and what she is feeling something deeply. My youngest, Sophie, is internal and you never know what she's mm-hmm. really thinking or feeling. And it's been a challenge and it's been hard to balance those two personalities and for her to not feel always overshadowed. Um, by her big sister and for us to be so intentional, right. To draw her out and bring her out into the conversation, um, into having more attention on her. It makes her really uncomfortable and yet she longs for it at the same time. So it's, it's definitely interesting to, to mother two girls who are so incredibly different and neither one are like me. I'm kind of in the middle of those two type of personalities um, so it keeps me on my toes, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're all, we're kind of right in there with, with these girls in the tween, young teen age range. And, you know, oftentimes when I'm with parents, when I'm with other moms, there's a lot of overwhelm naturally, right? Who among us is not overwhelmed by the privilege and significance of what we're doing in mothering them. But often it can, that overwhelm can become fearful quite quickly or um, negative quite quickly. Like kind of a culture is bad. They're being exposed to too much too soon. Like how do I combat it? And there's this sense of coming against. And I would love to take it in a different direction with you ladies and talk a little bit about how do we, pursue their glory? Um, How do we just pull out of them all the ways that we see God has made them to be and kind of focus on that more with them than all the things they face that could be potentially negative Mm -hmm. in their life? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll just start by saying that you know we're always parenting kind of in the shadow of how we were parented for, for better or for worse. And I grew up in a very sheltered, wonderfully sheltered um, kind of childhood. I, I was very involved in the church. Um, my family, were, we were, my mom was a pianist at the church. My dad was an elder. I went to a Christian school for all of my education. Like I was, I was that kid very much in that bubble and did not really, for the first 18 years of my life, know anyone outside of that sphere that didn't share my same, um, shelteredness that, you know, my same faith and my same language. So there was so much safety in that. I I was a straight arrow. I was a good kid. I didn't get in trouble. I had no opportunities to get in trouble. 
but I was so unprepared. I was so totally unprepared for the world outside of that. And so I think that that has informed my parenting and has made me um, probably more of a permissive mom than a lot of my peers. Um, there, there isn't much that we don't talk about. And I, of course, there are obvious things to shield a 10-year-old from that's, that I hope would be obvious. But in terms of what's happening culturally, what's happening politically, um, what's happening in the world of feminism, what's happening in the world of the church, I try to always have conversations about that and to expose her to an appropriate level of that so that she is more equipped to know who she is in the context of our culture, as opposed to, you know, what I wanted to do the minute I gave birth to her was move to a farm um, and homeschool college and make my own topic. Like that was the plan because I wanted to shield her from everything. So I've really taken um, a totally different approach, obviously. And, and I've, everybody has found stuff that works for them. So I'm a big believer in letting people do parenting the way that God's called them to do their own parenting. But for me, um, especially as a single mom, there is not a lot that I keep her from. Have you seen Nicole in Pepper? Um, and she's only 10, but have you begun to see kind of the themes of her life, the, the storylines that, that you think God is writing into her life and through maybe even exposing her to the way, the various things that you have, have you seen um, places where she's gotten angry or places where she's been brokenhearted or places where you think this is it? Mm -hmm. I, I'm starting to recognize it. I absolutely think that her compassion will be one of her greatest strengths. I, I don't know, um, you know, at this age, what she wants to do when she grows up, it changes every five seconds. She's going to be a professional dancer. She's going to be a teacher. She's going to be a chef. She's going to be a singer like me. She's, you know, and that's, that's how it should be. Like just explore all of the dreams. Um, so I don't know what, I know the things that she's great at, but I think that her tenderness that I spoke about is really going to be what God uses um, to do something beautiful in the world. She's going to care for people well and love them well. Um, and so even in exposing her to things that are happening in our world and our culture, you know, I, we talk a lot about, gosh, that was not a very compassionate response or that's not a very compassionate policy is it? What would we do differently if we were doing that with the eyes of Jesus? And um, just trying to always find ways to get her to to um, respond within her own strengths. I, I talk to moms about the difference between interests and, and glory and that, that you've just named it, right? That her glory might be caring and loving others well, and that might come out in her dance team that might come out in the song she writes that might come out, you know, in, in the, her social work job, for instance, those are her interests, right. But her core glory might be caring and caring for and loving mm -hmm. others. Well, mm -hmm. and I, it's, isn't it beautiful that we can already see that in our kids as young as 10 it really is Tracy. What do you think about, about all of this, just finding the glory in our girls and helping to call that out at a young age? Yeah, you know, as I was listening to Nicole, I was thinking about, I, I think I grew up similarly, and 
Um, and I think I started parenting um, in one sense, like, you know, with this mandate to protect my kids. Um, and, and what I know today is that while we talk about, well, we're worried about this, we're worried about this, I, I can think about, you know, I know what we were worried about 15 years ago mm. when Katie was 15. So I, I don't tend to parent Libby and Ellie from a posture of fear mm. or, you know, are they going to be okay? Is the world going to be okay? What's going to happen? What do I need to protect them from? It's, it's a, the energy inside of me is different because I guess I, I have the benefit of knowing that so many of those things that I was really worried about, um, I, aren't what I needed to be worried about or aren't actually things I can protect my kids from. When I think about the, the younger two, and this was true with my older ones also, like, who are they? Who are these little people who are now turning into these young women? Who has God made them to be? And probably in part because of my love for story and the amount of story work that I've done, I know that my girls, their stories started really before they were born and certainly you know, as, as they were little. And I think about Libby and Libby is fierce for all of where I can see that she's sensitive and she's got a little anxiety and she's kind of taking it all in. She is, she is fierce and she's been fierce since the day she was born. Her birth was traumatic and could have, could have ended very tragically that day. But Libby is fierce. She's a fighter. And so that combined with her sensitivity and her that creative side of her, I find myself so curious about what Libby will end up doing. And mm-hmm. um, her presence, what, what she brings to the world is, um, is not hard for me to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's tangible beauty that she creates, um, especially when I can take her phone or her electronics away from her for a little while. Um, just like last week on Saturday, I said, okay, you know, everybody give me your things. I want all the things, all the things that have screens are mine for the next five hours. And I came up in Libby's room a little while later, she had pulled out uh, her watercolors and she had pulled out, um, actually like puffy paint from some t-shirt project they had done, you know, ages ago, but she had found some canvases on the floor in her closet and she'd started painting and it was, it was beautiful. And Ellie was sitting in there working on her leadership notebook, (laughs) but it was like Libby just exudes this space that says, come in here and create with me. I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. And I loved that Ellie had chosen to go in there, mm-hmm. right? And they weren't fighting, which, you know, there's plenty of that that goes on also. But but they were both really doing very different things in that space, but creating in their own right. And it wasn't lost on me that it was in Libby's room and she had been the catalyst for it. So I think, I, you know, I've feel responsible to feed that and yet not tell her what it has to look like. So Mm. asking her a lot of questions, noticing I'm, 
um, my kids would all say that I'm excruciatingly curious. <laughs> but just I ask her a lot of questions about, you know, how she is, what she's feeling drawn to. Uh, we'll do like a mini version of the examine at the end of the day. Like what was life giving to you today and what felt like it drained the life out of you today? It's great, yeah. Tracy. Yeah, it was just so it's it's life giving to me to hear their answers. Well, I'm going to pause our conversation there and pick back up uh, for part two next week. So make sure you jump in when we start to talk about how our own stories get in the way sometimes of parenting well. But I want to talk about three incredible offers that we are making to you listeners. Um, The first is that Nicole has a bundle of goodies, CDs and her book uh, to give away, as well as Red Tent Living, a bunch of swag and different items. Um, from Red Tent Living and Brave On Conference that Tracy is going to give away to one lucky winner. So uh, two winners that we will draw from. Uh, leave a review in iTunes this week for the Fierce and Lovely podcast, and we'll pick some random winners and send out those goodies to you. The third thing I want to offer is uh, the Brave Day in October in Austin, Texas, is a day full of ordinary women sharing about the ordinary lives of women of the Bible. And we are going to be sitting around tables and it talking amongst ourselves and sharing our own ordinary stories. And I would love for you to join me at my table. Uh, Wouldn't that be fun to meet face to face and to spend a day together and to get to hear Nicole sing and hear more from Tracy's heart. And I would love to host you at my table. So if you want to grab your ticket and get 15% off, go over to redtentliving.com and you'll find information for Brave Day under the events and plug in the code SITWITHBETH for 15% off and to be um, immediately assigned to my table um, until we fill it up. So would love to meet you face-to-face and have you join us in that special day. And don't forget to tune in next week for part two of this conversation. Thanks so much. This is Beth Bruno, and you've been listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast.